Rejoice, dear listener, for your endless march through the internet has finally produced something to add meaning to your empty, meandering existence. Your friends at Idiots Discuss the Universe are digging up musical gems of the past and deciding if they have any shine left or not. Welcome to Old Gold. Alrighty, I think that we are recording now. I'm going to try not to be as loud this time. Yippee! I'll try to be louder. There you go. Yeah. That's what we need. I just, don't, I just want to blow out the fun the fun box yeah. more than I have to. Yeah. But I've been adjusting it. It seems like it's fine. Okay. <laughs> but everybody, this is Idiots Discuss the Universe. Hello. I'm Craig. That over there is the Spend Dog Millionaire. That's me. And we're holding it down once Woo! again back after a couple weeks of delays and, 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 and other things going on. Mm-hmm. But it was a healthy growing experience, I believe, like, right? Yeah. I feel like I grew some. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know really how. I think I did too. I don't know how either, but here I um, am. Lots of terrifying dreams and, and insomnia is kind of what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I slept that I was I, I dreamt that I was sleeping on top of a casket last night. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, no doubt that, that was fun. Just just, oh, just, just sleeping no. on a casket out in the woods. Out in the so, woods. It's like out out in the woods, and there was like you know everything happens in like the same place in my dreams. Right. So it's kind of like these woods that are kind of like past the main town and like over and like and it's kind of like the hilly like long straight roads sort of thing with houses off the side. But it was just yeah. off in this uninhabited area, kind of up on the rise. You could see the road kind of thing. But I was just like curled up on this this casket that was just up on a hill. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And that wasn't really terribly, like, ter- terribly terrifying. Right, it was just disturbing once you realized what was when going on. When I woke on. up, it was more disturbing. The actual dream yeah. itself, I was fine. Right. I was like, oh, I wish, I really wish I could get to sleep. Yeah. You know, which <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're like, this isn't too comfortable right. on this casket yeah. here. And I woke I up because, like, some knocking came from, like, inside the casket, and that's what woke me up. Uh. But it wasn't like there was, like, it wasn't like there was dead people in the ca- I, I felt the knocking oh there's somebody in there like a live person in there uh-huh. so i don't know maybe it's good maybe it's bad i don't know really how to interpret it but yeah. it was intense that is intense yeah i wonder if you put them in there you i don't know i don't know or yeah. it's like symbolically i was on top of the casket and in the casket and oh, it was oh, you in it too right maybe who knows huh. who knows it's it's interesting i had a dream about hawaii last night oh huh <laughs> See, man, I wish I could go to, like, places like that. That'd be so great. Yeah. What were you doing in Hawaii? I don't really remember. Huh. I just remember okay. that it was just kind of in Hawaii. Oh, no, now I'm now I'm kind of remembering more of it. It was just going around to these different houses, and I don't know. There was, like, a bar. I think I was there with my family. It was just, like, a okay. weird vacation. It was, All like, right. a normal yeah. vacation. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I cruise around with my family a lot in my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really common sort of thing. Totally. Like my dad's been in my dreams a lot, just kind of driving around in the car with me that's and different trippy. things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of, like, um, kind of terrifying nightmares, we're going to do an old gold today. <laughs> okay. An old gold, Spetty, in case you've forgotten after so long since doing yeah, I don't one, remember is when we is. go back before the year 2000 and we pick out some little nugget of fun. Fun nugget. And um, we play it for each other for either entertainment or punishment purposes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we just wax philosophical on it afterwards. Yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. we just switch the topic and talk about something completely different. Oftentimes we do. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about a miserable little man. Just a miserable <laughs> little, a little Ooh, can man. Can I guess um, just from that? Let me, y- yes. 
Danzig. No, that's uh, a good guess, though. That's shit. a good guess. Uh, Iggy Pop. No, uh, no, no. You're in the wrong genre. Um, this 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 guy is like one of my all time favorite singer songwriters. Just period. Just wildly fucking talented dude. Okay. A long long career that was, um, kind of this 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 album that we're going to talk about came out in 1987 and it's like a big turning point in his career. But okay. the person, the miserable little munchkin that we're talking about, is Paul Simon. Uh, okay. Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel, and he's just really kind of like an awful guy. That writes beautiful, Is he an awful beautiful, guy? meaningful, <laughs> lovely fucking songs. Huh. But I think everything about that guy is just not very nice and um, just kind of toxic. Interesting. You know, the more I learn about him, the the less I really like like him. Other than just being a person that can just huh. take anything and turn it into like something that is just appeals to me on like I'm all I like almost every song he's done and he has like a 50 year um, career it's it's really quite amazing but yeah um, he was great you know he started out when he was I think fucking 14 uh, in this band called Tom and Jerry with Art Garfunkel and they were kind of like a local band in in New York that just played like on the street corners and stuff and they kind of got some notoriety and then when they were 18 17 18 somewhere in there they became Simon and Garfunkel and released Wednesday morning 9 a.m. which is just like a straight this is before Bob Dylan introduced electric um, guitar to um, to folk to folk music Mm -hmm. so it's pretty much a straight forward just two dudes two guitars and singing in in harmony album and then Bob Dylan did what Bob Dylan did, and then Paul Simon being the parasitic semi sponge <laughs> of a human being that yeah. he is, like, oh, that really works. Like we're gonna we're gonna add that to us. Mm-hmm. And they came out with Sounds of Silence. And that was just like a, a game changer. Huge. Just just songs that feel like they've been around forever. Yeah. A whole album full of it by a guy that was eighteen years old writing it. Who's eighteen? Yes. And he'd wrote, he'd written most of it when he was even younger than that. And so he he lived in he lived in England for a while. Dated Carol King, wrote a lot of songs for a lot of people. Uh-huh. He was just like this. He was almost like Jimmy Page and this young like person like with all this potential. Yeah. But Simon and Garfunkel went on to do Simon and Garfunkel things. They released Bridge Over Troubled Water, which is like the seminal album of the early seventies with like the Boxer and. Um, um, Cecilia and Mrs. Robinson and like right. oh my god all these songs that are just oh, like yeah. I always forget all the songs that they've done yeah it's know? it's amazing yeah. the, their greatest hits is just like an amazing collection of songs of American just American standards almost right. it's it almost transcends it to this point that it's like they're American standards yeah. you know um, and uh, of course being a miserable fucking son of a bitch he broke up with Art Garfunkel right um who uh didn't really bring a lot musically to the band but at the same time he he was an amazing counter voice to him Uh, and I think he also kind of I don't know he kept it kind of like a little bit more humble and to their folkish roots in those beginning things uh you know he kind of kept it all centered around this folky kind of idea you know that um, Paul Simon, I think, was trying to get out of because he felt like there were other things that he could go absorb and semi-rip off and just maximize to his potential, mm-hmm. you know. And he had mm-hmm. started that on Bridge on Troubled Waters where he did this song called Al Condor Raza, 
Whereas the song that he really liked, he just bought the rights for it and redid it with the musicians that had done it, and huh. he put it out as a Simon and Garfunkel song, and it was like a huge. Oh wait, are we yeah. doing Graceland? We're doing Graceland. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with Graceland? Oh, yeah. oh awesome. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, yeah so um, Graceland came along as his seventh studio album. Okay. He'd had a really great career as an early studio. Me and Julio down schoolyard, um, slip sliding away, like all these great songs, you know. But it was coming to a fucking close. Mm. Hearts and Bones was the album before Graceland, and it was his his very it was very poorly selling. As was the movie slash soundtrack, One Trick Pony. Both of these albums, which I think are brilliant fucking albums. Hmm just didn't sell and right. you can listen to him and be like oh yeah that's why they didn't sell really like oh god you know that, that one's weird. just like well one of them is one, one of like hearts and bones is kind of like he'd already lost his audience but trick pony was almost like this a lounge singer it's just it was a movie about a lounge singer so he wrote this collection of like loungy sounding jazz songs that are brilliant you know but they're just like this is not at all what was going on like musically in any way you know oh, yeah um but luckily you know, he was um, down on his luck, and uh, Lorne Michaels from Saturday Night Live um, came to him and said, hey, you know, this gal in um, the band is going to be doing a solo album, you know, and maybe you could produce this album for her since your, like, singing career seems to be washing up, you know, and this gal's mm-hmm. on the rise. Mm-hmm. And so Paul Simon's like, sure, that sounds pretty cool, you know, and so she gives them all these tapes of these South African musicians that she's really into, okay. you know, and she's like, I really like the sound and like the idea of kind of what's going on, the vibe. It's real like good summer music and all this sort of stuff. And sure enough, Paul Simon, Paul Simon liked it a bunch, yeah, right? Don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and he just started to kind of like um, get more and more into this music, you know, that he was supposed to be producing this album for. And he finds a couple songs and he buys like the rights for a couple of songs like Gumboots and a couple of the other songs you hear on the album. Mm-hmm. And pretty much he's like on his way at this point to like making like her idea for an album into a Paul Simon album. And so that that relationship disintegrates. Oh, so he didn't finish the album for her. No, no. Uh, he's just like, oh, I, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that now. No, he we'll, is a piece we'll, of shit. We'll see you later. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. So let's 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 start this out with a little listen to like the the, the title, the open track, uh, opening track of the album. Okay. Which is um, "Boy in the Bubble." It's one of the more um, South African influenced songs on the album because the album does bounce around and do some other things, like some Zydeco and some sure. different things. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but "Boy in the Bubble" is just like an amazing intro to the album, and uh, the words were so prophetic. Um, considering where we're at right now yeah. and all that sort it's of stuff. about what I so. think it's about. Then, yeah. yeah. So so let's check that out. We'll come on back and then we'll listen to a couple more all all right. fun ones. Sounds all good. All right. All right. Slow day, and the sun was beating on the soldiers by the side of the road. There was a bright light, a shattering of shop windows. The bomb in the baby carriage was wired to the radio. These are the days of miracle and wonder. This is the long distance call. 
The way the camera follows us in slow-mo The way we look to a song The way we look to a distant constellation That's dying in a corner of the sky These are the days of miracle and wonder And don't cry, baby, don't cry, don't cry a dry wind and it swept across the desert and curled into the circle of blue and the dead sand falling on the children the mothers and the fathers and the automatic earth these are the days of miracle and wonder this is the long distance call the way the camera follows us in slow mode the way we look to us all oh yeah the way we I'm doing like that little refresher. Seems like it's been a while since you listened to it, just from your facial expressions, maybe a couple years. Yeah, 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 maybe like a year. I this is one of my ex-girlfriend's favorite albums. She would listen to with her mom. Okay, you know, so we watched like the live thing, the documentary, and we would listen to it. You know, right? Sure. Yeah, I um <laughs> It's like uh, I can hear what like an interesting sort of influential thing that this is, you know. Uh-huh. But it's just not for me, I don't think fully. Uh-huh. I don't know. I I still have to like figure out why um and maybe now is when we can figure out why but it's like it's got a lot of cool elements um it's so 80s um where it's like every sound is kind of like a little goofy you know you got your uh fretless bass doing like right uh-huh. sure you got like a little like honky tonk uh you know uh, it's got the accordion accordion yeah, yeah an uh-huh. accordion sure and for whatever reason, Paul Simon, he, he, like, I hear the lyrics and I'm like, yeah, these are incredible lyrics. Uh-huh. There's something about him. And I'm just like, he's just, a, he's just a little goofy to me a little bit. But huh. Like his like delivery. Uh, he just kind of like, well, he'll say like the whole word and then he'll finish the sentence and then he'll kind of not really do it on time, you know, and <laughs> you know what I mean? And he just kind of yeah. like crams in a whole bunch of stuff in there. And it's like way more like lyric, like eccentric than like actual like vocal centric. Like he, he comes up with like f- cool melodies kind of. But it's or, like, are we talking about this song in particular or Paul Simon I in, because if we're talking about this song, I would agree with that. But right. if we're talking about Paul Simon in general, I would say his melodies and his his use of like lyrics and melodies are are phenomenal. It's, yeah. it, I don't think that it's I don't think it's goofy as far as like a song structure wise generally. This There's song more he kind of hurries song. up yeah. the vocals in a way. I mean, he's kind of mimicking a style right that um is not his you know right. it sounds very much like a soweto sort of like um really busy band with somebody like on a microphone just like screaming into a crowd kind of it's got right it's got yeah. a little bit kinda of ranting that. ranting got a, a little, little bit. bit of that yeah yeah you know? yeah um 
to me this doesn't sound 80s because at the time when this came out it definitely sounded like another country's music yeah you know what i mean like it sounded like uh, like ethnic or like right. if someone was playing you like oh here's some andean flute music or here's like a band from China playing some, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it was on that level kind of thing, right. you know, where it sounded new in this way that like, cause world music wasn't like this fixture in pop music as that it was, that After. it is now, right? you know, and it became that all the way through. I mean, the Grateful Dead had a little bit, they had multiple drummers and they, they, they borrowed things, you know, and they're members of that band that were very into it and that existed throughout the 70s you know a little bit right um but as far as somebody that really just came and took the actual music you know we're not we're not like being influenced by this stuff we are like bringing them into the studio and having them play their actual <laughs> shit and i'm singing over it right yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. for all intents and purposes yeah and it sounded it sounded foreign Totally. You huh. know, yeah. and I think that, like, this is an album that has aged very strangely because it was such a huge um, uh, shift in just, like, the, the way that he, it just kind of opened up that musical palette for the average listener with, like, You Can Call Me Al and different things that became number one off of this album just kind of changed, like, the musical consciousness enough that it opened up that world beat you know, at yeah. the same time, like, I think that a lot of, like, different things happened that um, also opened that up, you know. Yeah. And one of them was, like, the apartheid thing that, like, Paul Simon caught a huge amount of shit about. Oh, he did, huh? Because there was a, a UN embargo on, on South Africa. There was to be no, like, yeah. cultural exchange, anything from that country because they were blacklisted. And Paul Simon's like, yeah, well, screw that. I'm going to go, like, <laughs> get some of this music, yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever, you huh. know. And he was definitely, like, encouraged to do it by, like, the South African Music Association. And all these different people, like, were on one side of it. But he caught a lot of shit for going down there and, like, playing Sun City and different things. You know, because you're, like, you're supporting the apartheid the government, government there. down right, there. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's not really, like, what my intention is. And, uh, and that's not how they see it down there and any of that sort of stuff, you know. So it was – but it was a huge sort of controversy, wow. you know. Very like he's accused of like this being a very common like colonialism, right? And in in like in my mental periphery, this album was like the first thing like that ever came up of like cultural appropriation, right? You know, and it was the first time that like well, you know, they might have a point, but I don't care because right. I really like it, right, 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 yeah. But I'm interested yeah, in like what it is that like it 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 bugs you about this or it doesn't like resonate in the way that it resonates yeah i'm gonna play like a um i'm gonna play a couple songs off and i feel like are really like emotionally like heavier songs okay. off of this thing okay. maybe we're gonna skip to that um like next but one of the other influences of this album was linda ronstadt which strangely mm. enough like she's a country western singer you're familiar with yeah. it like she's the guys that she's the gal that gave the eagles this their start and all sorts of stuff okay big big laurel canyon fixture you know just queen of that scene in a lot of ways mm -hmm. but like when paul simon decided that he was in south african music he talked to linda ronson she's like fucking hey dude i know like some shit about south african music and really? here's all my albums you can just like listen to all of these bands that i've been collecting for the last whatever 10 years that i've been into oh, it cool and I think through that, they decided that they were going to do an album, a, a song together. 
you know. Okay. And one of the other critiques of this album was that Paul Simon didn't address apartheid in the album. Uh-huh. It was not a political album. All the songs were all very personal and all this stuff. But the closest that I think that he comes to addressing, like, at least, like, the emotional part of... Um, the scene in Africa at the time is the song that he does as a duet with Linda Ronstadt mm-hmm. under African Skies, which has also got Lady, Lady, Lady Smith Black Mambazo working on it, I believe, too. So They're on, like, the whole album, right? Um, they're, on a, like, they're on, like, three-fourths of the album. Because okay. there's an album, there's a song that he does with, like, a Zydeco band. There's a song that he does with Los Lobos and... Um, um, some other stuff that is just not related to the South African thing at all, oh, but just kind of okay. sonically fit in, and they put it on there. Gotcha. So, okay. um, but they're on like all the South African stuff. I think they're involved in it to some degree. That See, I thought they were on every song. Okay. Um, they're on. They're on about three three quarters. Okay. Something, but they're definitely on this one. So let's listen to um, "Under African Skies" with Linda Bronstedt, and um, we'll be back in just right. a few moments. So. Joseph's face was black as night The pale yellow moon shone in his eyes His path was marked by the stars in the southern hemisphere And he walked his days under African skies This is the story of how we begin to remember Pulsing of love in the vein After the dream of falling and calling your name out These are the roots of rhythm and the roots of rhythm remain Simon there and like how he like kind of hurries up and puts a little extra extra couple syllables into things yeah Yeah, no I definitely hear it and I think it's a it's like a Dylan influence on him yeah but like when he does it it does sound like he's like um sneaking in some like sometimes it sounds like he's trying to sneak in some extra information that like under the thing yeah 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 yeah, no, he's doing it this time in the stars in the southern hemisphere. You're like, <laughs> all right, you could, <laughs> could have just said this guy or whatever. <laughs> and like Linda Ronstadt's like trying to keep up. Ah, yeah. the stars in the southern hemisphere. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
But, but uh, it is a beautiful, no. like, the stars in the southern hemisphere. No, it's beautiful. You know, it's, it's a nice melody, you know, even yeah. with the hemi- hemisphere. It is. It's weird. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. I mean, da, 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 da. It's, it's you know, like, it's very nice. No, it's, it's, it's pretty good, you know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. It's like it's pretty good. It's like for the for the white guy to come in over like w- the instrumentals are sick. You know what oh, I mean? Dude, yeah, they're very sick. But you can tell it's kind of like he and this is what I respect about it. I think it's cool is that he's trying to do something new. He's trying to come in over the top and like <laughs> gel with this kind of music. You uh-huh, know, in his yeah. Paul Simony way. And I think it like works. You know, but but, like obviously, it's like this was like a huge album, and you know, but every tons of people love it and stuff, and so, um, and and so I'm like, it definitely works, but then, uh, it does sound like a little, like still two separate things to me a lot of the time. Uh You know what I mean? Right. Where I'm like, all right, this band in the back, they are fucking gelling. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Oh for sure, dude. And like the yeah. bass drum and like everything is just like where it's at. Exactly. And then you got this like this like East Coast Jew, right? Is he a Jew? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Oh you God, got, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, Simon. Su- I don't know. He's super. He's the super. He's the super Jew of like like lit, lib, yeah. Libby Jew coming in over the top. Uh, you know, trying to be kind of like Bob Dylan over it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's it's, it's too well, much of a contrast for you. I, I guess. think so, you know what I'm saying? especially because like, of the way he sings is like so like what? How do you or his inflection uh, singing inflection is very like perfect English. He's like, yes. hello, I speak very perfectly. Like, you know what I mean? Well, it's he, it's it's from the that Bob Dylan folk singing school you know where the words are important and if you're going to tell a story you have to make sure that everybody hears every word i mean bob dylan for all the things you can complain about his singing like you can listen to the words of a bob dylan song and hear what he's talking about you know what i'm saying like it may not sound great but you know what he's talking about yeah you know and the same thing is kind of what paul simon does and it's it's weird because like I I, I want to be angry and yell at you, but like <laughs> um, I have to understand that like you know I came up in like the seventies with a folk right. singing mother, right. you know, and so that music is like so incorporated into just how I hear music that I don't, you know, it's like if you grow up with the polka, like that mm-hmm. polka rhythm doesn't seem as obnoxiously polka to you right. as it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, you grew up in the 90s, you know, listening to um, that and the stuff that your parents played for you. And so, like, some of the stuff that seems, like, still edgy and normal to me, like, you've incorporated it into you, you know, in a way that's comfortable and to move beyond that becomes something that is... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for me, like, I incorporated that sound of Paul Simon and Bob Dylan and all of that folk singing approach. Mm-hmm. And now I can kind of see that, like, the addition of, like, this third world rhythm to that mm-hmm. is, like, a, something that would be super, like, new and appealing but comfortable and right. fun yeah. at the same time. And I think that's why it was so huge yeah. because I wasn't the only one right, there. Right, right. But for you... Where, like, really the folk singing thing is something that you know about, but, like, it's not, like, something that was incorporated into your youth because no, the Bob no. Dylans were kind of done by that time, mm-hmm. you know? 
and then it's got like this um obviously foreign not, neither of us from south africa you know what i'm yeah. saying so that's a completely different separate thing and you're taking like two separate things that you don't really have you know what i'm saying they're both kind of relatively foreign to you mm -hmm. and you're putting those together so you right. hear them as that you right. know what i'm saying where i only hear like half of it I only hear, I don't, because, like, part of it's, like, not, like, I'm not putting together two desperate things. It's not like, well, I'm going to put together some, like, some of the the interesting, like, grindcore combos that you show me. Like, oh, here's some noise core and some grindcore right, together. Right, right. And to me, like, it just sounds like I can de differentiate Chelsea Wolf and um, Converge, Converge yeah. was an example of that. Like, right. I know both of their styles. Right but they're not like incorporated into like who I am as a person that appreciates music. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds to me like, oh, here are two different things. Two but things. for you, right. Converge is like right down in the center of like your spinal column. Yeah, and then yeah. Chelsea Wolf sings like a pretty lady and you put that yeah. in together and like, it oh, works. it's fucking works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm only, I'm only putting in like half of the accommodation, but that's the thing that makes it really great. Right. It's because it's comfortable and new. Mm. Or comfortable, yeah. and it pushes the boundaries in ways that are all that's that's a pretty just much enough. purely pleasing. Yes, yeah, just enough. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's what this kind of did for me in at the time, and to some degree still. Yeah, you know, totally. Um, no, I'm, you know that all makes sense. Uh, and if you care about those two genres, which I've never known you to be really like a Salweto sort of like. Yeah. deep African sort of like world yeah. music guy I miss, you know I, the world music I mean I train. mean no no critique but you just don't seem like you're on that you know I don't I've no. never seen you like with a talking drum no no I bet you've been with a talking drum though I at times in your life but I've never I seen dabbled. that it's always in <laughs> private though and um no I did samba when I was uh you know a kid um I guess I always lean kind of Latin and you took flamenco guitar. I mean, yeah. like, you know, guitar has a lot of, like, Definitely. South American and uh, African roots to it, you know, for sure. sure. Yeah. But I just don't see that as, like, a thing that you, like, seek out yeah. generally in your enjoyment listening or I any just, of that sort of stuff. And, 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 and this is going to sound, I think, weird maybe, but with particularly with, like, a lot of African world music, I'm like, this is too happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. For uh -huh. me. Right. It's too happy. Yeah. They're always See, you don't listen to really reggae either. No. You know. Not but really. in a way, like, it is, like, the only, I don't know. I mean, that says a lot, I think. Like, I don't think mm -hmm. that this is necessarily uh, a good take that I have, uh, but it's, like, you know. Well, I just uh, think you don't see it with the nuance. You know, it's almost like when you listen to, like, yeah. uh, spirituals from, like, um, African-American african-american spirituals those are super uplifting happy songs but they yeah, were but those written are different those what, have like more blues stuff going on but them, again you like know? you have to understand like the culture in which that those songs are being written they have to be happy or you go to jail oh right yeah you, know, can't, you can't, can't write like really <laughs> contemplative negative songs right. about life you know right yeah or you go to jail i mean bob bob marley who like you consider like probably pretty happy guy he dealt with it enough that, like, he got shot, like, seven, eight times. Right. And, yeah, totally. But, I mean, I guess with Bob Marley, and he's got some, like, sad songs. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. So it's, like, on, I don't know, for whatever reason, that I put a notch below. But, like, as far as, like, the happy-sounding music. And I know a lot of the music 
like sounds happy and it's like the doesn't it's not an indication of like there that means there's no suffering or something like that and sure. it oftentimes it means sure. like it's even worse but it overpowers to, it overpowers whatever yeah I don't, I don't know i mean it's just like it's it's um yeah it's so happy. i mean for it's me i don't understand know. what they're saying and that always just like yeah. that's a big part of like knowing like where it's sometimes with like spanish songs i know enough of whether it's sad or it's happy or right. like he's they're definitely broken up or they're yeah. you can tell like the songs where they're breaking up and the songs where they're yeah. getting together or the songs where they died or whatever happens you know you can tell yeah. if it's sad or it's happy in that language because i know enough of it maybe french too a little bit sure but when you get to like indian or african songs or in like that saharan the saharan cell phone mm-hmm. songs all the guitar music from the sahara mm-hmm. like they could be singing about their mom's birthday or they could be singing about all the infants that just got murdered last night right and i would it would be the same it would be the same to me because yeah. all the songs kind of have that same sort of bluesy rumbling kind of shuffling sure. forward sort of feel to yeah. it yeah and that music i like because or i just i don't know it's more uh like readily available to my brain or, or whatever because it's got those blues roots but like with this kind of stuff it's really not even about the lyrics or anything like that for me. It's just like about the like the melodies they use. Like it's just too. It's just too so much. major. It's just like do da da do da da do da do da do da do da do do da do da do da do. And I'm just like, yeah. uh, you know, it gets a little like nursery rhymey for me ska. or whatever. It gets ska. That's it gets what a little it, it gets ska, ska. Because it's always in the major and it's always got that that's what it is. And they and they're not afraid of a trumpet. That's what it it just got some ska things going on in it. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a chicken or the egg thing because I feel like maybe ska has some of this stuff going yeah. on in it. Well, either know? or. Yeah, whatever. And, and I just don't – I don't know why I don't like it. I think it's it's like uh, – I think I should like it and I think that I have a problem. You know, I'm not saying yeah, that like yeah. – but it's just – it is what it is. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, I sort of feel that. like you should like it too. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I like uh-huh. it. But, it's like, but just happy uh, stuff a lot of the time just doesn't – I'm like, no, no, this is good. But I feel – I just, I don't feel. Well, let's 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 change let's change plans a little bit and let's okay. do one that has a lot less Paul Simon in it and Ooh. it's just going to be like a Lady Smith Black Black Mambazo okay. tune, yeah, and just kind of see like what you think about just yeah. like when we just go straight for like the real the real deal the real thing. deal and okay. see what it is and there's there be a little Jew at the end there's gonna be okay. a little Jew at the end but I'm just but, uh, Paul Simon I think it's because. Now it's a shame too because he's, he's asshole, such a, he's you know? such a great fucking musician and songwriter, dude. Yeah, so the, the Simon, Simon and Garfunkel I, is is amazing. That's probably more my speed ama- because it's, it's amazing. I mean, I've heard the uh, Sound of Silence and, and Mr. Parsley Robinson. Sage, Rosemary and Thyme, um, right. Bookends, and there's only four albums, yeah. and they are amazing. Huh. You can just listen to the collected works, and it really is like two hours and fifteen minutes for all of their stuff. Right, and it is. Truly incredible. Yeah. Truly incredible. Yeah. That, um, and again, like our Garfunkel probably brought like that beautiful, beautiful singing voice to like yeah. the Paul Simon songs. Yeah. You know, and then Paul Simon sang harmony, or when they needed something more, Dylan Paul Simon would sing it. But okay. mostly Art Garfunkel sang it and had like the same kind of vocal oh, he was tone. The main singer? Yeah, I would say. Oh, okay. You know, of the two, he was the more like ethereal, like beautiful lady voice gotcha. of the two of them. Gotcha. You know. And he made Paul Simon sound 
you know, sweet right. spot. You know what I'm saying? He had that harmony that it was just like one of the most famous harmonies in pop music of all time. Mm-hmm. And when you like listen to like solo Paul Simon, no matter who he's singing with, even L- Linda Ronstadt, it doesn't matter. You can tell that these dudes learned to harmonize in someone's bedroom when they were like 11 years old, right. and they'd been doing it for 20 years. And yeah. it's that level of like it's Everly Brothers. You know what I'm saying? It's that like they totally. sing as one person, and that one person is just so amazing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we could do a Paul Simon, uh, Simon and Garfunkel deep dive sometime too. That would be yeah. amazing. We could almost do all four of those albums like we did with Peter Gabriel. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but right now, let's listen to kind of like just like one of the more like um, moody mu- songs on the album. And uh, let's it's, do it. it's uh, Lady, Mc- Lady Smith Black Mambazo on Homeless. So let's check it out <laughs> yeah, he's giving me I like that one a lot. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that for whatever reason, I'm like less in the mood today too for it. Uh I'm just trying to be like, you know, transparent and objective or as as I as much as I can be, but um no, I mean that that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> You know, especially especially once they started doing the clicks, you know, I thought those were some well placed clicks. You, you know? like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the guy who would be like homeless, and he'd be like homeless, and then they'd be like, and he'd be like homo, and you're like, what? He likes he like snuck in a little homo in one ear. You're like, hey, did you just ever? There'd be like the one guy off on the side being like, like starting like one word early, you know? Yeah. Like that, I 
I'm I'm making fun of it kind of a little bit right now, but I genuinely thought that was cool. And yes, cooler than the two previous songs. No, I find I find them interesting in a very limited amount of time. Yeah, but like they take like choral music and they approach it from like this completely alien side of yeah. a way coming at it. It's you know, very cool. Yeah. And they turn like the core, a core, almost parts of it into like a percussion sort of yeah. thing. No, definitely. Which you don't hear with like Western choirs, right? You know, unless the they're clapping is their really hands. Different, you know? Yes, and um, it's got um, it's just like not. It's, it reminds me of like throat singing in Asia to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Um, but it just is like it just has so few reference points for me still that like it's mm. it's still interesting in that short dose. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they don't need Paul Simon in that at all, really. No. But they did put him in there a little yeah, bit. He needed to be in um, there. Sure. He needed to be in it. But I guess like a lot of times, what he would do is they would show up to the studio with him, and he would have no, no, no idea. You know, he, he he wouldn't come with any ideas. Oh, he would just have the he would just fly this the bands in like that was one of the Los Lobos things, mm. is like and they wouldn't give him any credit <laughs> writing credits. You know, he wouldn't give them writing credit. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. So he cool would fly guy. him in. He's like, oh well, let's write a song together, and he would have no ideas. Whatever he's like, so what do you guys got? You know, like start yeah. playing something. You know, yeah. And, why and, do you think I got you here, huh? Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, for sure. It it was an interesting thing, but I mean that was very much like just a Lady Smith, the Black Man Basso yeah, song, definitely. You know, and then Paul Simon's like, "Hey, I'll just do one of your guys' parts, yeah. but I'll do it in English." And he's at like, the end. "Whoa, sing, somebody, sing it, yeah. somebody sing." Uh huh. Yeah. Hey, you can see where the white savior stuff's coming from <laughs> with this. Funny. You sure can. It's you pretty know. funny. You sure man. can. Yeah. It's got this. I think it's also got like such a classic, like yeah, like the liberal. This was like the birth of like the the hippie, you know, trying to do their thing. Like it's a distillation before they became made it super complex. Of like that liberal racism, yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like I love these. I love the blacks. I Look, love these I, black people so much yeah. that I'm gonna just take a complete advantage Look, of them. I bought twelve of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. I love. That's awful. What? That's awful. He, he just rent. He just rented. I them. rented twelve of. <laughs> Look how much I love them. I rented twelve. And I had, and I made them make me a song. It sort of seems that way you. sometimes, you know. That's what I'm like. But he, but he, but he didn't just rent. He didn't just rent black oh. people. He rented. <laughs> he rented Mexican people too. And I think that that's. And, and it, we're just totally just changing the direction of the songs that I wanted to play off this album. But I think that we should end end it and just take everybody home with the song where Paul Simon rented some Mexican men oh, yeah. named Los Lobos. That's cool. You know, and this was yeah. before Los Lobos really became any sort of thing. And right. this was the guy that said that. Yeah, we came in and we like played this song, and pretty much Paul Simon didn't have any ideas yeah. or anything, and he just kind of recorded us. And he's like, he's "What's like, I'll take he's it." He's like, "What's that?" And they're <laughs> like, "Oh," and then he's like, "He's like, play that," yeah. you know. And the next thing we knew, it was out, and That's it was a Paul, it was a Paul Simon <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, huh. and they sued him. They did. Huh? Oh yeah, a couple people sued him. You know, uh, over this album, yeah, wow. um, that were just not real happy with the fact that. Um, because now when you go onto Spotify, you see all with so-and-so right. listed. Right, There was none of that. There huh? was none of that, no. <laughs> really? No, you would think Paul Simon, even in the video, like when there's that there's that really cool bass solo in that do 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 that one that, that mm -hmm. with that, um, whatever, it's like a six-string bass or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and it's just a super African based solo. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Simon like air guitars it in the video. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if he's I mean he probably really learned how to play it, you know what right. I'm saying? But like it's definitely not on the album. Yeah. Like yeah. Paul Simon ain't playing that fucking bass right. line. That's it's like some, you want the Paul Simon bump, you're yeah. gonna let me do the That's song. some dude from Botswana that he brought yeah. in that's just been playing that since they were like four. Yeah. That is yeah, wild man. Um, it's really wild, hmm. but again, like it's got like that total like, um, they're just so confident that they're not racist that it just is like you get through it. Yeah, they get through it. Yeah, you know they're just such a white savior that it's like it just it's just, it's just really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like musically, like for me, like this is just like one of the capstones of this dude's career. And again, like yeah, if you ever get into folk music like this is like one of the I think oh, uh, the slippery sure slips I'm sure it'll happen oh me. yeah no yeah. you'll you'll, you'll have sure a lady happen. that'll help you help you do that oh, but boy. um I think that I think we're gonna rest it rest it all on the the myth of fingerprints okay which is like the closing track off the album I think cool and it's the low slow bus tune kind of like a straight up rock song gotcha. but it's fucking got really cool lyrics too Cool. You know, and I'm sure he'll hurry it up a little bit in there, but like it's it's a pretty cool fucking song. All so right. Sweet. everybody give us some money on Patreon. Woo! Spenny, sorry to jump you with a bunch of world music no, just coming cool. over, but you sort of deserve it. I, I guess I sort of do, but I, you know, I, I uh, see I'm getting you in the mood for the next episode that we're doing, which is remote viewing, which could happen anywhere in the world. Right. You so got to get open, open it up. You got to get out of, of your Portland. out of the rut. So it's right. kind of like musically like lifted you out of like what you're accustomed to. So you're right. going to be open to the psychic, Woo. the psychic signals. Yes. It's going to be fucking amazing. I'm excited. You're yeah, going to be fucking like a superhero. I, Maybe. I don't know. This might be a side crew for you, just bit. predicting the future and locating enemy army bases no. for the government. No, please, no. You can do it for a living. Really? Yeah. I think you get killed. No, no. I, well, a couple of them do, but not all of them. So you watch the video. You watch the DVD. Oh, anyway, bye, everybody. Give us money. Bye. a former talk show host Everybody knows his name He said there's no doubt about it It was a myth of fingerprints I've seen them all and man they're all the same Well the sun gets weary and the sun goes down Ever since the watermelon And the lights come up on the black pit town Somebody says what's a better thing to do Well it's not just me and it's not just you This is all around the world Out in the Indian Ocean somewhere There's a former army post Abandoned now just like the war And there's no doubt about it It was the myth of fingerprints That's what that old army post was for Well the sun gets bloody and the sun goes down Ever since the watermelon And the lights come up on the black pit town Somebody said what's a better thing to do Well it's not just me and it's not just you This is all around the world Over the mountain down in the valley Lives the former talk show host 
Far and wide his name was known He said there's no doubt about it It was the myth, the fingerprints That's why we must learn to live alone 